So one thing I wanted to mention was uh, your your new uh, hoarding behavior that you got oh, going on. Yeah. And uh, what's this <laughs> item that you've been hoarding a lot of lately? Well, I've apparently <laughs> decided to become a laser hoarder. <laughs> That's I did an not actually expensive hoarding. I, I, uh-huh. uh, uh, yeah, I did not start out with that goal in mind. <laughs> And welcome back to another great episode of the Riley Black Project with Crystal and John. Hey. What's going on? Um, <coughs> this. Oh, cough. Yeah, I developed a cough literally Seconds like ago. 20, maybe 10 minutes before. <coughs> so, <coughs> yeah, so this is going to be fun. Right. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, do we have any updates for the listeners? Well, we are uh, 23 downloads. From the time we're recording this. Yes. So, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably going to be like tomorrow is my guess. Um, But, yeah, 23 downloads away from 10,000 downloads. That's crazy. That means that people people have listened to us 10,000 10 times. times yeah that's crazy that's nuts yeah well we thank you we thank, you <laughs> we for thank all yes. all 10,000 listens <laughs> yes it's, it's crazy and great and it shows growth definitely yeah yeah i'm excited for for the future oh another update last week i had mentioned the which to everybody else's this week, but <clears throat> on last week's podcast, I mentioned how I set up the GoFundMe, but I was scared to share it. Right. And I finally ripped off the Band-Aid, and I shared it, <clears throat> and um, we have raised um, $545. Thank you for each and every single dollar. Right. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, some of it <clears throat> was actually through our website before right. we had set up the, um, I think about 130 of it was um, through the website, but the rest of it was all through the, the GoFundMe. So we will yeah. be um, updating and kind of doing an extra little push every week. Yeah. I'm going to um, post it on Wednesdays <clears throat> and... Yeah, we'll see how far this can go. Yeah. We took uh, before pictures of the garage. <laughs> we um, had every uh, we had intention, every intention but... to uh, start <clears throat> cleaning out the garage this weekend. But JR has been a little tough. It's Man. Parenting, parenting has uh, definitely been challenging these past few days. We had a good day today, thank God. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the past few days, almost week, have yeah, been... Yeah, it's been a week. Breakdown after breakdown. And um, then I follow with breakdown after right. breakdown because, right. you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's, together it's it's manageable-ish. It's still not fun. But when you're at work, you know, Tuesday through Saturday, it's just me and Jackson. And so it's... Right. It's a lot to try and handle those, you know, with no reinforcements, no, I can't tap out, right? you know, <laughs> so, 
I, I was desperate and, um, Heather had found, um, uh, a class basically on like the similar issues that we were having. Mm-hmm. And so paid a hundred dollars for that class and we've <coughs> watched it, you know, when we can, right. you know, in little bite-sized pieces here and there. And yeah, just, uh, send us your positive thoughts because <laughs> <laughs> You know, the worst part is that he's a really good kid, Um, but, you know, we just need to find the right way to handle his issues so that they don't continue to happen, and then also just not cause him any lifelong trauma that he's going to remember when he grows up. I mean, he's always always had a a tough time transitioning from one thing to another. He's had that since he was two. Right, and then this this is just... part of it because yeah, you know you tell them to stop okay you know it's time to go to bed or right it's time to do this and turn this off or clean that yeah, or do this and no matter how many timers you do no matter right. how much preparing you do and warning it, yeah okay you i mean right. i heard you today when i was in my office yeah he had you had little... him help well you had him help like set the timer right. and you talk to him about right. what's going to happen well, when because, the timer goes off. Right, because the module was like, one of the <clears throat> modules that I like listened to today um, from the course was, you know, get them involved. Right. So, I mean, like, how can you guess, get a four-year-old involved in like a timer? Well, he hit start. Um, and even still, even with all that, he gave me yeah. a little a little meltdown. Right. But um, it wasn't. It wasn't to the level that it has been, so right. you take that as a win. But yeah, it's been challenging, yeah, to yep. say the least. So, so we did, we did, but we did take before pictures of the garage. So yeah, I mean there was that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. maybe hopefully next weekend. Um, so we're we're on our way. We know that that's right. step number one, and so. You know, even if we don't have any money to to start or enough money to start, um, that's that's what we need to do first. And right, we can still make moves <clears throat> that way, even mm-hmm. without like the con, because it has to be yep. done. Yeah, definitely, it has to be done. So, yeah. um, and there's just start. a lot of stuff we really don't yeah. even need in there. So it's yeah. you know time to and it gets us a little more motivated. Maybe what? find um, more avenues into yeah. like how to fundraise for mm-hmm. it, essentially. Um, definitely you know with an empty garage it's like okay now all we're waiting for is you know the contractor to come in and get to work or right. whatever so so yeah. yeah yeah it'll be good it'll be good to and to also see what kind of space we're dealing with how much space we're dealing right with. yeah because um, it's it's a <coughs> oversized one car garage right and Which so we're still going to use some of it for i mean we still right. have to yeah for um yes yeah, so we'll holiday decorations out. and yeah, camping stuff that we have there. There's stuff where the laser's gonna go. How right. much room I have left? Right, right. So yeah, cleaning it kind of puts my us inventory. In a better, right. Yeah. Because I mean, maybe it does. Maybe it does make more sense. Like we talked about today, um, a few days ago, to put the podcast in there instead yeah. of you know in the room. Right. Because if you're gonna, if it's gonna be a smaller space. Right. Because we have so much stuff for yeah. storage, then it makes sense to do the podcast studio so in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. And it might actually be cheaper that way. Yeah. But we'll just have to... Yeah, because we're only renovating the garage for right. the one thing. Right. Instead of basically doing two spaces. <laughs> okay. And that's Jackson's addition <laughs> to the podcast. Yeah, he woke up uh, right before. So, yeah. 
Yep. He'll be he'll be chilling with us. So So do we have any um, other announcements? I don't think so. Update the folks about? Nope, I don't think so. We did our shout outs for the month. For last month, yes. Um it's not February yet. Still the thirty first. Today, but when this airs. Uh, we'll do it next week. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, Shout out's coming. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I think we're good on um, all the updates um, to add to this uh, wonderful Black Cloud. Um, our guest this week uh, ended up having a family emergency, mm-hmm. so we rescheduled them for uh, March. It was going to be Sarah Sewell. I hope I'm saying her name correctly, um, but she's a an Etsy coach that I um, <clears throat> found through Emily in uh, her that mom with the laser group. Mm. She had her on, um, so she was she was sad that she couldn't make it, um, and she was very excited to do it. So we rescheduled for March, and then <clears throat> I called in a favor from my friend Kathy Ray that we've talked about many times on the show. Yes. Um, support of the show she's yeah she supports us she's probably our top supporter um behind behind will mm. they're they're kind of neck, neck and, and neck. neck yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> actually she i think she might actually have a a leg up on him because she she raised her her monthly mm. uh, you know contributions to the the new top tier that we added um yeah, so I'm going to try and put this child down, and then we're going to call Kathy. <laughs> All right, so we'll be right back. BRB. Hey, just wanted to remind you to check us out on Patreon, where you can get Friday access to episodes, shoutouts, and free files, depending on your tier. And if you aren't already, follow us at The Riley Black Project on Instagram, and join the group on Facebook, where you can give us show ideas, critiques, and meet new people from the community. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate, review. Let us know how we're doing. Now, back to the show. And we're back, as promised. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, my homie, Kathy Ray. Hello. Hey there. What's going on? <laughs> and so that's how you say your name, right? I, I'm i not going to lie. Yeah. For like the first, I don't know, probably year or more, I'm like, is it Kath? Is it Kathy? And yeah, wow. I had a... I had a teacher in, I don't know, must have been like third or fourth grade who kept wanting to call me Kate because she uh, thought that it should not be pronounced. My dad was in um, France during World War II. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm old. And um, <laughs> he, uh, he had seen it. He, had, he liked the way they put a, an E with an accent mark on the end oh, of okay. things. Mm. And for some reason, he decided he should do that to my name. So my... So Kathy is not short for Catherine or Kathleen or anything else. It's, it's just actually just Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, if you feed me chocolate, I'll answer the question. <laughs> right. Right. Call me whatever. As long as it's, as long as it's dark and bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I love there, it. There's a joke there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, there is a joke there. Carl, my husband, Carl, and I were in, um, I think it was Fortnum and Mason, in London a few years ago, we used to travel to the UK quite frequently for work. And um, we're standing in the department where the chocolate is and the guys come over to check to see what we want. And so we're picking up some things and he starts to suggest something. And my husband looks and he goes, no, I'm a dark and bitter person. 
And the guy paused for just a moment because, you know, we're two Americans and he's not quite sure how right. to take that. And right. then he realizes we are, in fact, talking about the chocolate. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did freak him out a bit. <laughs> so um, before we came on, John was wondering, you know, what company do we like introduce you as? And you mentioned you had two. So what are those two that you got? Well, so my laser business, I go by the name The Floss Queen. And I love it. I'll explain where that comes <laughs> from in a bit because it's all related to the my primary business, which right. is I own um, a retail needle workshop in California. I'm across the bay from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, the shop will be 24 at the end of March. Awesome. And it's called Needle yeah, and it's called Needle in a Haystack. Nice. And my claim to fame is in 2004, I was actually on a Mythbusters episode with the guys. Um, In fact, they did an episode about how hard was it to find needles in a haystack. haystack. I I think I remember that episode. (laughs) Yeah. If you go back, not not the one they did like four or five years ago. This is the original one when, Mm. when they did. And they came to the shop and I was a fan of the show. So I knew they would use magnets. Um, cause that's right. what they would do. Right. And so I gave them needles made out of bone because uh, that's what nice. people who did things and, you know, before people knew how to smelt and, and work with metal for needles. Right. And so that completely changed kind of their approach to things. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of one of my claims to fame. So, but my that's laser awesome. business is really an offshoot of the shop cause it all started as me making things for my needlework customers so needlework yeah. accessories and <clears throat> that sort of thing and it's branched out in other things but i still just go by the floss queen so if you want to find me online it's under the shop and so the website is needlestack.com mm-hmm. so needle in a haystack out without the middle bit yeah so needlestack.com but yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i have a little bit of a nerd question for you <laughs> uh-huh. how were they like in person because they hated each other they were actually really, really sweet. Okay. Um, the crew was really fabulous. The guys were just really nice. Okay. They I- actually, they, I mean, my part in the episode is like, I don't know, maybe less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were there for like 45 minutes, almost an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked around. They were interested in what the shop did. One of the guy, one of the camera guys actually bought a needlework kit for his mom because it turned out his Aww. mom stitched. Nice. <laughs> oh, it was just kind of an interesting experience, but no, they were they were really really sweet. Yeah, because the, really nice the two main guys, the two main guys couldn't yeah, stand funny. each other. You told me that afterwards, yeah. and I was surprised. Yeah, they couldn't they can't stand each other. That's why they don't. I could see that too, though. They were very different. Different, right? Right. Yeah, but very different personalities. You, you would... Yeah, very much night and day. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you would think that that kind of would be part of their charm together. It could, be. but it wasn't. Yeah. It totally wasn't. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't. That's why the show's no longer around because <laughs> right. they just couldn't work like, with each other right, anymore. I'm done. Yeah. Well, okay, at some point, bit. at some point, you end up deciding that it's time to part ways. So, oh, yeah. Right. Kind of like you know when, kind of like when bands break up. Yeah. yeah. I was just wondering if any of that like, like yeah. bled over, or, yeah. like you could tell like they they're a little snippy with each other, and it's uh-huh. not really like funny. It's like <laughs> right. little digs. Yeah. No, but, no. I there was no way you would have ever. No, I would yeah. have never known that they're just meeting them in person. I mean, right. they, oh, they were very professional. Yeah, the end yeah. of the day, they're professional. And, and engaging and fun and all of that so yeah. it was it was a, a very enjoyable experience in that regard so another fun fact is that kathy was part of that initial 
order of acrylic that we split with Amanda. With Amanda? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was, yeah, I was going to say I was one of her really early customers. I found mm-hmm. her. I So my laser journey started when I bought a Glowforge at the end of August in 2019. I guess that would be right. Um, whatever year it was, that was. It was 18 for me. So 20, okay, so 28. So it might okay, be 18. Right, 20, yeah, 2018 yeah. then. It all blends together. Um, I had to look. <laughs> it does. It does. I had actually followed them when they were first doing their um, crowdfunding mm, right. campaign. Right, yeah. Mm. And that was a year that I had had, I think, three or four Kickstarter projects not come to fruition. Mm. And I was kind of done with the right. crowdfunding like, thing eh, for mind. a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I looked at it and I went, there is no way in hell they're going to meet their delivery dates. Right. Um, th- it, it, they'll be and lucky they if they do it within a... No. And <laughs> I thought they'd be lucky if they did it within a year or two. Yeah. It's probably at the edge of two. Yeah. So I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about it, saw it... Um, through a crafting person that I followed on YouTube because I'm an inveterate crafter. I, you know, mm. if it's a crafty thing, I'll try it. Right. And I looked at it again and went, oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> like, not just the light bulb went on, but a whole bank of light bulbs went on. <laughs> yeah. The neon lights were lit up, and suddenly all these things that, you know, I'd kind of forgotten about all popped into my head. So I mm-hmm. called a friend of mine and explained to her because I had told her about it two or three years previous and she's like are you going to get it and I said I think so so I bought it the same day <laughs> yeah came a couple of weeks later and that's ultimately what started me doing it as a, as an adjunct to my business was right. just I I thought you know I could make some really cool shit with this for yeah. for my customers for me not just for me as you know as a fun thing but right. actually make things that people might want to buy yeah and so how how do the products do like how how much of your laser work is like is in your your store? How big of a, a piece is that? Oh, it's a really small piece of it. Um, <clears throat> okay. We I yeah, we have um uh so in the needlework world there's different kinds of techniques, so cross stitch, embroidery, needlepoint, right. that sort of thing. We we sell a bit of everything. And we're really a um, a thread store, okay. which is part of where my name, the Floss Queen, comes from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you might go, to, if you go to a cross-stitch shop anywhere, you might find, say, you know, eight or ten different kinds of types of needlework threads. Mm-hmm. We carry 140. Whoa. Nice. Um, and then we have, like, hundreds of yards of actual needlework fabric, which mm-hmm. is a special kind of fabric. So we've got, I've got customers in, I don't know, probably 80, 90 different countries. We ship all over the world. Awesome. So the laser part of it's a really small, small part of piece. it. Uh, yeah, it's a really small piece of it, but it's growing and I've starting to get more <laughs> orders so from your... people doing, <clears throat> doing events. So, yeah. You know, things for my other shop owner friends who are doing a, a class and they've got oh, 30 right. people coming and they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen the pictures. Yeah. You made the like um, you with, with boxes my or. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. the mm-hmm. attachments. What did you call them for the. Um, They're called for scissors. scissors right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It basically looks like a tiny keychain, only it's for a scissor. And what was the. It's, what's it's, the purpose of it? It's, it, it's jewelry. Oh, okay. It's jewelry for your scissors. Huh. Nice. You know, and our scissors that we use for embroidery are like three and a half to four inches, so uh-huh. they're small. Oh, so, so it almost makes it easier really to find them. 
Yeah, well, <clears throat> and you also sometimes just want bling. Mm, right. Oh, totally. she yeah. knows about that. I, I totally know about bling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her respirator is blinged out. Yes. And that's before COVID. It's so funny because I, yes, thank God it was before COVID too because it would have been impossible to get it afterwards. I remember, um, I, so I, I had to wear this respirator and I, I wasn't wearing it when I was doing like spray painting and stuff. And I was like, okay, let me get one and let me bling it out and then I'll actually wear it like I should be because it looks cool. And so now that I don't paint much at all anymore, it's just really like decoration in my office. And it's funny because every once in a while it'll appear in like one of my reels or my TikToks. And there's always at least one comment of talking about my blinged respirator in the background. I like, remember seeing that, that blinged. I do remember <laughs> seeing that blinged respirator. Yeah, yeah. I did. I posted it in the, it in the yeah. studio. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I posted it in the Glowforge group and yeah, everyone was going crazy over it, but I literally got it in, she still had the respirator when COVID hit, like she was still blinging it for me. And oh. so I was waiting to get it back. And then, you know, by the time she got, like, I got it back. And the first time we went to the store, um, after all this COVID happened and you had, everyone had to have the mask. It was the only mask I had. I didn't have any like paper masks or anything like that. So I literally wore my bling respirator to the grocery store <laughs> and JR wore his uh, fake play mask because again, that's all he had. Oh yeah. The, um, his construction. Uh-huh. The construction. Respirator. Like, yeah. yeah. Fake respirator, oh, yeah. So that's what we wore. <laughs> I'll have to find that picture because <laughs> it was it was pretty cute. Um, but yeah, we had to go to the I store like to that grab idea, something. Though, you know, if yeah. you're gonna go out, go out and right? you know, show some style. I mean, the, well, it was funny. Well, there was, it was one the lady early days that we didn't know what yeah. mask to wear. Yeah, one I didn't have. Oh, it was yeah. the only one I yeah. had yeah. too. Um, and there was a lady at the grocery store, and she was like, "Oh my god, that's." amazing and every, like the all the men were looking at me like really this bitch and then all the women were like that is cool and i'm like i have it i might as well wear this because right, yeah. <laughs> we have no idea what is yeah. what this is what's going on like it, legit it was the first time i had left the house since like well and it and it probably was actually one of the best things you could wear <laughs> right yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the time. it was hot though that was the only mm -hmm. thing like i oh, couldn't wait yeah. to get that thing off <laughs> i was like okay that was cool while it lasted i'm over it <laughs> <laughs> um <coughs> oh excuse me there it is so how did you get into the um i guess the the uh it's not yarn but the the needlework needlework yeah. needlework yeah. yeah. How'd you get into that? Uh, I've stitched since I was six. So wow. I've stitched for 60 years. Nice. Uh, my, both my grandmothers, my mom's mom and my dad's mom were either seamstresses or stitchers or needle workers of some kind. Mm -hmm. And so I picked it up and I just was always fascinated by it. And I started out college, um, in the seventies as a textiles major. Um, <laughs> and then, and, and then ended up actually with a degree in computer science. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that's a whole other, that's a, that's a whole other. Yeah. It, it was definitely a shift. Yeah. Well, and I'm also a musician. Um, I'm a singer. And so, although I don't what? really do I that at all that. anymore. 
Yeah, yeah. I used to travel with a couple of gospel groups when I was in my when I was oh. in my late teens, early twenties. I spent two years on the road. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, it was Kathy a lot of fun. One of the coolest people. Like, I, she's so I, smart. I have like, a very this, electric. You have electric very yeah. There's so many layers to Kathy, and it's, all of them are cool. Yeah. It, it's funny yeah. that she does uh, needlepoint herself because that's what my grandmother thinks you do. Because she has no concept of like, oh, what like it is. what, yeah, what like crafting it. My mom doesn't well, know how to explain it, it. Is a right? Bit so kind of like so, needlepoint, you know, yeah. you make holes in things. So yeah, yeah you, you <laughs> fill the holes with stuff. So yeah, which is story. funny because I, I anything that has to do with like needles and like sewing and thread, it, I'm not the one. I can't. I. I made one year. I made um, those like rice, like hot packs that you can like put in the microwave. But you like you put rice in them, and it's, oh, yeah. it's really it's just a. a I brought yeah. you one, yeah, <laughs> the I dolphins still, one. I still have it, and it's probably going to be thrown away when we clean out the garage. <laughs> right, um, but it, it's literally like I mean, it's a rectangle. You you sew a rectangle. Right. Yeah. I struggled with the rectangle, and I'm such a perfectionist. It's not something, sure, with skill you can get, like, you can do it really well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. like, it's not something it, that you can necessarily easily get perfection on to the level that I right. wanted. And so... You I, would it, need a sewing it, machine. Well, I had a sewing machine. Oh. And it was okay. it was a hot mess. So I, I could do the, you do the three corners, and then you leave one side... Not three. Corners, oh yeah, and three then you sides. fill it up. Right, mm -hmm. you leave one side open, then you fill it up, and then trying to sew that. So all these extra layers, because now you're folding it right, in on itself. Right, mm -hmm. and you're trying not to get rice right. all over the place. Yeah. So <laughs> I did. I I sewed the first three sides, and then my friend who can actually, she can actually sew. She did the last side mm. for me. <laughs> so, well, that was nice of her. Yeah, but yeah, no, it, that was my last attempt, and I was like, okay, this <laughs> this ain't for me. I just, I don't have it. Yeah, it was, you know, because when you're a crafter, maker, whatever, you you'll try just about anything once, and I I tried yeah. sewing several times, and it was just every time it was like I hate this <laughs> so it's yeah. i've learned you know the yeah, ones there are that you those don't things like you, you try where you go this is not for me yeah. right yeah and that was definitely one of them well um, i had sewn all my clothes and stuff through like high school so i i so was, impressive to me i wasn't i wasn't sure what i wanted to do but yeah. sewing you know and i wasn't really interested in necessarily doing anything in the fashion industry i mm -hmm. just Really enjoyed textile. So that's what I started with. Ended up with computer science degree. Worked in, I lived in Seattle at the time. Um, mm -hmm. Came back to California because my dad was getting really seriously ill in 84. Um, went to work for a software company in uh, Berkeley because I'm about um, six miles south of there. And met my husband, who's a native Californian. Mm -hmm. So we never left California after that. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, you know, it's like I worked high tech for a long time, but I'd always stitched. I'd always done crafting. And mm -hmm. about, oh, must have been maybe early 90s, I started to toy with the idea of, oh, gee, someday I'd like to own a shop. Mm -hmm. And and I was specifically thinking of a needlework store. I had a friend who was a, a needlework teacher, and she 
convinced me that I didn't, in fact, need to leave my day job to do that, Mm -hmm. that I could hire people and work it part time. And that's ultimately what I did. I started the shop and hired a full time shop manager and a couple of staff. And I worked on the weekends and in evenings. I mean, I was already working a job that I was working 80 hours a week anyway. So if I if I wasn't going to maybe put that much time into my job, I could put a normal time into my job and spend the rest of it on my shop. So I did that. I did that for a few years until um, the the bubble burst in the tech industry in what, 2001 Mm -hmm. and got laid off. And then after a year decided I didn't want to go back because at the end of the day, I was really not wanting to feel like killing people. Yeah. Right. Because I was just tired of, management and the corporate world and all of that and yeah and and at one point I said to my husband I said you know I I don't really want to go back he goes yeah I know yeah (laughs) I'm like so are you okay with that he goes I was just waiting for you to figure it out right well so you actually liked one of my comments the other day someone had posted about um how has anybody left their their job to do laser work full-time and then ended up having to go back to a job. And I commented, and you and I have had this conversation before, about how I yeah. could never go back to, like, yeah. a real yeah. regular job right. where I was working An for someone job. else. Yeah. And if I did, it would have to be temporary, and I would probably be miserable. Right. Or it'd have to be, like, something that was, like, part-time and fun, where I was, like, you know, working in, like, a tattoo shop or find some way yeah. to... to yeah. it, it would have to not be, like, the typical job. I, I don't think I could ever go to a desk job again. Right. Um, it's just, it's changed me. And I like these, this business is hard, especially with the million different pieces that I have of it, but I'd rather this hard (laughs) over, you know, the hard that I experienced in the past. Yeah. Or or an easy office Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I'd be bored. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'd get, I would get people who would either come into the shop or occasionally send me email who would, who would kind of come in with the starry eyes of, Oh, someday I want to own a store. And my answer to them was money, lots and lots of money. Right. Because stocking a oh, well right. apportioned needlework store is is yeah. these days you're looking at at least a half you're looking at at least a quarter of a million dollars. Ooh. Wow. It's expensive. It's yeah. a very expensive business to start. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, it pays for itself in the long run, but right. But it, getting there, yeah, getting there is a challenge. And and then I would say to people, it's like, and expect you're not going to have a life for five years, right? Because it will suck everything that you have to give, and then some. Right. And so, you need to treat it as a job mm-hmm. that you love, not a hobby. Right. And I think that's also one of the problems with oh, a lot of people right. yes. in the laser world. I mean, it's fine if it is a hobby. But if the if you're starting it as a business, but thinking of it as a hobby, then right. that creates right. its own set of problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it takes it. It does take <clears throat> a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and I even I've noticed that um, I I don't give my business the credit that it actually like deserves. If that makes sense, like I know it's not a side business to me, and I know it's my thing, but like. I don't like Im- 
I don't know how to explain. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, I mean, you just, you I, well, just and I, had to I take think a, I know what you mean, too. Yeah. 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 You just I mean, took a step case, and, and went over, like, the month's numbers. And, yeah. like, we're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I'm right. doing real numbers. Yeah. That, actually, that's a good example. So, the other night, yeah. um, I was, this month has been nuts we've covered most of it on the the podcast we've had covid we'd had several i mean three or four deaths of like you know people we knew it's just it's been you know a a toddler that we're struggling with on top of a baby and like it's just been a lot and i didn't really i didn't get as much work done on the course as i had planned to going into january and so i was really feeling like you know, what did I do this month? And then I went through and I, so at at the end of the year, on the last day of the year of 2021, I went through and I like got all of my numbers, you know, how many Etsy sales I had, how many, you know, five-star reviews, how many followers I had on TikTok, um, you know, just uh, like my, my year end stats basically is what I called it. Yeah. And so I looked at it and I compared my year end stats, you know, for the last day of December to now. And it was huge. I mean, TikTok alone, I had uh, 425 more followers in a month. And cool. Like we had, uh, something like 1300 more downloads on the podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, I think almost 300, um, sales on Etsy. So it was like, okay, (laughs) there's like, I'm, I'm doing a lot, but I need to still work on switching my brain to that. Okay. Just because I didn't accomplish what I, I hoped to accomplish this month doesn't mean that like I didn't accomplish anything. (laughs) I still accomplished quite a bit of growth, but it just wasn't the thing that I had hoped to finish, you know? Well, and, and sometimes the important things that you need to accomplish are not necessarily the things that you think are important. Right, uh, right. And I say that from the perspective of somebody who does, so my minor is in accounting, so I do all my own my Ugh, own bookkeeping. Wow. I, <laughs> I, I have an accountant for the taxes yeah. that I talk to regularly, but I do all the day-to-day stuff. I have and a some finance days, degree. Some days, and I, some days it's just yeah. me... My, you know, my goal for the day was, you know, entering the, you know, 200, well, you know, entering the 30 invoices from last week or the last three days that I haven't gotten to. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, I got that accomplished. Today, my goal was to get the sales, the quarterly sales tax done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm trying to make days. So one thing I wanted to mention was... Uh, your, your new, uh, hoarding behavior that you got oh, going on. Yeah. And uh, what's this <laughs> item that you've been hoarding a lot of lately? Well, I've apparently <laughs> decided to become a laser hoarder. <laughs> That's I did an not actually. Expensive hoarding. I, I, uh-huh. uh, uh, yeah. I did not start out with that goal in mind. <laughs> Materials. Yes. Acrylic in particular, but not yes. really the lasers. Yes. They, it um, escalated. How many, how many lasers quickly. do you have? Uh, well, in physically at the moment, four. Wow. Uh, soon to be five. Uh, 
-hmm. So I have my Glowforge, which I actually brought back home from my laser space. So my laser space is actually in an office next door to my needle workshop Mm -hmm. Um, because A, it's convenient and B, I didn't have enough room or power in my garage. (laughs) And, um, And I have a fabulous landlord. And um, so I brought my Glowforge back home uh, a couple of weeks before Christmas. It, it lives in the garage where it had lived for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And um, my Mira 7, my Eon Mira 7 is, is in my laser space along with my new Thunder Odin, which mm-hmm. is an RF tube laser. I have a fiber laser. I have a 20-watt fiber laser. Nice. And then because (laughs) I like to test things, which we'll talk about. Yes. um, (laughs) I ordered one of the new, uh, um, I I call it Gweeky, but I think it's Yeah, I wonder. Okay. Yeah, I I I don't really know how to pronounce it. it. Yeah. Um, One of the G-Wiki Cloud Pros. So this is, um, I think, what if Glowforge... (laughs) had evolved the machine mm-hmm. to not be dependent on the web, right. on their servers, to run from light burn mm-hmm. and have a small rotary. This is what that machine would have become. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'd been looking at it and I thought, you know what, I kind of want to try one just because I want to test it to see <laughs> whether or not it's actually something that new people might really yeah. want to be interested in right and not everybody likes to test at the level i do i so i thought testing you know what? <laughs> I, i'm good with it so yeah and kathy it'll, had it'll, a, it'll hopefully come in february sometime yeah kathy had the great idea of talking about um testing and i mean it's just she loves it she will she'll test until she finds like that perfect setting that you know just really mm. dials in mm-hmm. like how much speed how much power um, and I'm kind of typically in the past, I, I kind of like found something that worked and went with it. I mean, cause coming from Glowforge, you, there was presets yeah. and you didn't really mess with the presets much. I think, um, you know, I, I finally messed with the presets when I tried like cork or, um, what else? The watch bands. I had, you know, you had to figure out your own settings for that because there wasn't, you know, a watch band setting. Um, but for the most part, you didn't, you didn't tweak anything, right? Um, and so I, of course, did. You, of course, you did. Yes, <laughs> it's no shock. Um, well, it's cool that it, it it allows you to get in there and tweak things. Yeah, because sometimes um, you it know, does. These like it does. Um, what we call prosumers. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like a mid ground, like you're a little bit, yeah. you're not exactly the consumer, yeah. but you're right. not pro. Um, they have presets, mm-hmm. and it's it's, it's your only option. It's your yeah. only option. Like you right. can't go in there yes. and tweak the preset. Yeah. So it's right. cool that it it lets you yeah. at that level do that. But yeah, so I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, really I don't. A I don't think they ever would have had as many customers if that had been the case. But right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but Kathy, she'll. She'll spend, I don't know how much time she'll spend, but way more than I Sometimes will. Sometimes hours. And, yeah. Sometimes and, hours. Uh, it, it, oh, and, and I think I mentioned last week I channeled my inner Kathy. I, I was so proud of <laughs> Were you for you? doing that. I was. I looked at that like, wait a goat. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it that time because I, like, I started with one setting and... 
it cut through and I was like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's go down because this might be too much more power than I need. And I want to use, you know, the least amount of power mm-hmm. that's necessary. Mm-hmm. So I mess- started messing with it and then I got all the way down to that five, uh, five speed, 65 um, power. And it kind of like, it didn't, I was able to pull it out, but I could tell that there was like a little section that didn't like completely, you know, it, yeah, it wasn't a clean break. Yeah, it didn't completely cut through. So I was like, oh, okay. And so then I just went with the, the setting from, you know, the, the last one that did cut, you know, perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought of Kathy the whole time, like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't hate it. And I... It, I think it depends on like the mood. It depends on like it was also a project that like it's not like this project was due because it was just one I was doing for fun, mm. and so there wasn't like a timeline, right, right. you know, on my back. There wasn't like oh I got to do this or I got to. You didn't have a time. customer order that was depending on you getting it, it done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was just yeah. it was just for fun. So it was like if it didn't work, it was like okay, well, try something else. Um, Well, part of my testing comes from the fact that I was a software engineer for so many years. mm, It's like, you know, that's just, that's just just the nature of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and even as a baker, which I'm also a pastry person. (laughs) In fact, at one point. (laughs) What don't you, let's talk about what you don't do, Kathy. And and I was getting ready to open the shop. Um, We used to do these Friday afternoon um, tea teas Uh in the alcove outside my office. We had people from all over our building, which was a bunch of different organizations. There were about, I don't know, a couple thousand people in the building. Mm. And we'd have 30 or 40 people who'd come. And one of the guys was like, oh, you're opening a shop? And I told him what it was. And he goes, oh, my God, I am so disappointed. I thought it was going to be a pastry store. (laughs) And I'm like, my life is too short to do that professionally. (laughs) (laughs) But the same thing. You test stuff until you get it right because, you know, material changes, moisture changes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just kind of a fun thing. And and I know I'm, I I know I'm weird, but at least people appreciate my weirdness. Oh no, I appreciate it. And I mean, depending on if it's something I'm going to use, like, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, Kathy did all the hard work for me. Thanks, Kathy. I'm going (laughs) to, or, you know, like taking that. And then now I only need to like, just tweak it a little bit or, you know, depending on if you have the same machine as, as her, which again, it sounds like she has all of them. (laughs) She's like the the Thanos of, she does, oh, but she actually doesn't have. She doesn't I'm have trying a, to build my a little laser nine. empire. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't what? She doesn't yeah, have I have a, a seven, not a yeah, nine. She has a seven, so. not a nine. So her settings would be different okay. than mine, well, unfortunately. Give her time. Give her <laughs> right? time. I know. She's collecting all the stones for her gauntlet. I don't know. I, if I if I replace the seven with a nine, I don't think I can quite get the room I need between the wall, the two walls. The thunder and where my fume extractor and my air com- and my air compressor <laughs> live. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, so let's yeah. talk about the importance of settings, though, because that's one of the like really common issues that we see. I mean, you know, because you're also a mod of um, that mom with a laser, we see a lot of um, like out of focus cuts, uh, too much power you'll catch the back of someone's project and there's just like char and flashback flashback, like galore um like 
why should someone spend a couple hours before even working on their project to like dial in their settings? Well, if you do that in the end, you might feel like oh, it's a waste of time, mm-hmm. but it isn't because then you don't end up wasting time later and material when you're in the middle of a project when you're in the middle of a project right. for a customer. Yeah. And you're frustrated because you thought you knew what was going to work and you never tested it. And now mm-hmm. you've cut this, you know, really intricate 12 inch thing and you're like, holy crap, it doesn't work. Right. So, you know, and that's not to say that even if you test everything, there oh, that it's going to be full times proof, right? when that happens. Yeah. Because it still happens. Yep. You know, too much moisture in the wood or yeah. you know, whatever, or it's not flat or whatever. But yeah. if you spend the time to learn your material and your laser. It's those two things combined. Yeah. So what works for your Mira 9 doesn't right. necessarily work for... Does Isn't Heather's also a Mira 9? Yep. And her so, and I have slightly different acrylic um, And you two have slightly settings. different settings. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Emily and I both have 7s, and right. our settings are not the same. Right. So and it's, it comes laser, down to preference, too. Every laser has got and, its own personality. Yeah. Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it, know, it goes into, like... In power supply, yep. age of the tube, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. If is you're aligned right properly, you're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. can affect it as well. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if people would be willing to spend a bit of time up front... Yeah. Um, doing that, it in the end, it actually informs the kinds of a materials you might want to work with. Yes. Because you might start cutting something and go, okay, I thought I'd really love that, but I hate that crap. Right. Like me and wood. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, and it's like in particular acrylic. Yeah. Which is, you know, your love and my love. We're, right. we're both really super, super acrylic fans. You know, I buy from probably 20 different vendors. Right. Those settings are never the same. No. Yeah. They are, they are if the materials, or they're pretty close if the material's the same, but right. the, well, the even, stuff I get from Galaxy Plastics right. behaves differently than the ChemCast stuff I get from Piedmont Plastics, well, even which like is different the, from the Clear. The pastels. I've found that yeah. the two pastels that I've used from two different vendors, they're both kind of a pain in the ass, but they both, the same settings that worked on the first pain in the ass pastels didn't work on the other vendors' pain in the ass pastels. I was Correct. like, Correct. damn it. <laughs> Why well, I kind of think of it like baking in that sense. It's yeah. like you go to, you go to the, ba- go to the, to the, let's assume you could go to a store mm-hmm. that had um, not just the grocery store where you got a bunch of different, you know, pre-processed breads, but let's right. say you could go and see five bakers, mm-hmm. gave them all exactly the same ingredients and had them bake it. Yeah. All five of them would be completely different. Right. Yeah. And that's what happens with acrylic in particular yeah. is that, you know, it's not just the, is it a, is it, you know, a 10th of a millimeter thicker or thinner than the other oh, one. It's man. like, it's the recipes different. Yeah. The hardness of the acrylic is different. Yeah. So some, some acrylic is just really super soft. And mm-hmm. so if you cut it at too high a power, it melts back into itself. Right. Some, if you do that too, it doesn't really care. Well, and so one thing, this is one of the reasons why I think it helps to test stuff. Right. Well, and one thing I really um, enjoyed watching you test things was how you, so I was, t- I would test with like, a, everyone would tell you, do, you know, one inch square. 
And I'm like, okay. So I do a one inch square and it cuts perfectly fine. And then I load my project and then it doesn't fucking cut. And I'm like, what the yep. fuck? I did a test. I tested it. <laughs> it worked. Why? Why didn't? And because my cut was more intricate or had smaller yeah. pieces or something like that, it didn't perform the same. And I think it was you that you kind of cut like odd shapes, right? That are I have similar. Three different shapes that I use. Yeah, I use I use a square, a circle, and a scallop in mm. a circle. And the reason I use those three is the squares give the square gives you the straightaway mm-hmm. and the corners. Right. Particularly more for um, important for industrial lasers that use something like Lightburn, where you can set the min power and the max power. Right. Yeah. Glowforge hides all of that stuff, so you never really quite know. No, with the, hell what it's the doing min and max. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the circle, what happens when the laser is moving on both the y, X and the Y axis at the same time is it slows down slightly. Mm-hmm. So those cuts are different. Even if you're told it to go the same speed and the same power, it's actually the speed is slightly slower. Mm-hmm. And it's enough to make a difference. Right. And for the scallop, you get the interior part of that cut where it has to change directions mm-hmm. along with the outside edge of the circle. Right. And so between those three, it helps me figure out, like, because, like, for some things, even with my new Odin, I've got cut settings for not just the different kinds of acrylics, but whether or not I'm actually doing it on the straightaway or I'm actually doing it with something that's intricate because the power level needs to be slightly different. Right. Yeah. There isn't quite the one size fits all. And this is the... I mean, I love my Glowforge. I'm glad yeah. I started with one because I would have Same. never started down this journey without it. But right. this is my one pet peeve with them is that they hide so much of that behind their interface yeah. that for the people who want to progress to something else, right. they've never them. learned yeah. They've never learned that. They've never learned right. the language associated well, with I it. Mean, they don't really I remember, quite understand that. Exactly. I remember... Um, I don't know if it was before I actually like put down my money or if it was after. And I was kind of, you know, I knew that I wanted it neon just because of the friends that were close to me. It, it was comfortable. They were happy with their machine. Um, you know, I knew, I knew the Glowforge, but you know, I wasn't like, I didn't know like the laser terms or anything like that. And so I bought one that I knew my friends had because I knew I had, help and and support with people i was close to um and so i remember he he, again either after i purchased it or um before but i remember someone was talking about like a gantry and like all of these like technical terms and like is your laser head square and i'm like what the fuck are they talking about? Like, what is, what's a gantry? Where is this gantry? Yeah. Like, and then yeah. they were talking about who, like mirrors. Are we talking like, about like, you know, Elmer gantry? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so I remember being like super overwhelmed. I was like, okay, I think I know like enough about lasers, but do I really? Cause then they're, you know, they're talking about all these terms and I'm like, what, what do you mean? Where does the water go? There's a chiller. What does the chiller do? Like, you know, they, they, they dumb it down, which makes it great when you're a, a new owner, but when, when you need and want to know more, it's very limiting because, 
you know, you just, it's, it's not there because they call everything a, a different term and a different name than, than the industry actually does. And so it kind of, yeah. you know, when you're trying to move which on. Which leads to my second, which leads to my second pet peeve with <clears> them, which is the fact that they call the thing a 3D laser printer. Uh, it's neither 3D and, is, and it's it the is worst. It doesn't a laser print. Machine. It fucking cuts. doesn't print. It engraves. Yeah. <laughs> it can score. Yeah. It doesn't do any printing. And I understand why they did that. I mean, uh, yeah. as much as I object to it, it's it was marketing. a marketing thing yep. so that they could make it not seem scary, um, intimidating to people. Well, and I mean, they, they worked. It worked on me. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was totally that that stupid Glowforge owner. I didn't know I needed to vent it outside. I didn't know it needed to be cleaned. I just saw the cool things it could make and I really wanted to make those things. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to get that. And you know, they're great with their marketing pictures and stuff. They don't show any kind of venting or any hose coming from the machine. They show it in this, you know, a, a modern, completely empty and tidy, you know, craft room and there's no large tube showing, although they have gotten better. I've noticed that they have actually shared some like recent marketing that shows the tube and that kind of stuff. Although it's obviously not the focus of the picture. If you're looking for it, you can see it. Um, but you know, they, I, they, they totally got me. And I mean, I'm glad they did because honestly, I think if I would have known how much went into it, before I bought it, I probably wouldn't have bought it because it would have been intimidating. But not yeah. knowing those things and then now having this machine is like, oh, well, shit, now I got to figure it out. <laughs> so it kind of, yeah. it, it worked in my favor. But there's a lot of people who it, it, it doesn't. They're like, oh, can I just, you know, the ones who, who don't want to vent outside because, again, Glowforge is like, oh, here's this this filter. But then they don't really understand how, like, how expensive the filter it is to run, how quickly it's going to fill up, the the good filters. You have one, right? Because you don't vent outside do. in your laser space. No. <clears throat> and how much and actually, was that I, thing? And I bought it I bought it even before <laughs> I moved the Glowforge um over to the laser space. I bought it um so I bought the laser at the end of August. I bought the the um the uh, fume extractor in December of the same year mm. because it was in the garage it, when it gets cold in the wintertime here which is you know for you it'd be, be it would be freezing right. you know it's like it's like you know 55 well it's actually a little cold chilly, here right now which, which can be a little chilly sometimes yeah. Um, it got down to, to 29 here the other day, Kathy. Like, we're, Are you we, kidding me? No, we've been well, dying. Not, not here. Holy crap. Well, so no, it got it down to 30, 39, but 39, she said but like 20, was 29 like was well, the I, feels I, like. We did see the thing on the news about the falling iguanas out of the trees. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. She, no, she had said, so it was 39 here, but it, it the feels like temperature wind, was, yeah. was 29 with the wind chill Oof. and everything. And yeah, so it, it was cold. The, the other night, John was making fun of me. So again, last I, night. <laughs> was it last night? It was last night. It was last night. <laughs> so She's forgotten I, already. Jason. It's I wore... not the coldest. It wasn't the coldest. <laughs> it wasn't the coldest. Like we're we're on an up. Our, our temperatures are on an uptrend. 
No, so, it was fucking cold last night. No, the heater was on in the house. It was not enough. It was like 72. I It was house. not enough. So I went to bed with... So normally I just wear like my yoga, yoga pants and a, a tank top to bed. And I have like a, a thicker like fleece blanket. Well, last night I had my normal fleece blanket and I had a t-shirt on over the tank top. I had a hoodie on and <laughs> I can't wear I can't wear socks to bed. It drives me nuts. Like I I take them off in my sleep even if I make it to falling asleep with them on without ripping them off. I slept with my socks on as well and with the blanket. And he was in like she, she boxers goes, she, and a no, tank. No, top. boy, you go. You go, babe. I'm so cold. I'm wearing this, this. this. I'm like, who are you? I'm from Colorado. And where are you? And where are you from? I never in, wore that to bed in like, Colorado. I normally, I normally sleep with the top sheet, but since it's been cold, I I've opted for the thicker fleece blanket, which means it's hotter. Right. So I'm like, who are you? I'm I'm in. And your fleece blanket is thinner than my yes, fleece blanket. I'm like, I'm in a tank top and my boxers right now. And, this my, fleece, and I told him, and I, I, you, I said, feel boy. my nose. My nose was cold, like freezing cold to the touch, even with all that no, stuff I think on. you have an iron deficiency or something. <laughs> that's something. Not... I don't know what it was, but I was fucking cold. But anyway. I, I can't wait until our Colorado listeners hear this. Oh no! I've already told, go, them. I what told the my hell friends are you what happened about? to her. I told my oh. friends that it, the Florida has ruined me because this yeah. is not. I, although I'm still the same Colorado girl who, like, when it's 60 degrees here, everyone else is acting like you know they have their like jackets on. I remember the first time since when we moved and it was like a 60 degree day and it was like heaven to me because I was you know just sweating all the time here moving from Colorado and I went to Walmart and I remember everyone was in there shut up (laughs) I was I went to Walmart and everyone had like was in their their nice church clothes and then but they all had like like big jackets and like their their scarves and i'm walking around in a t-shirt like this feels amazing and then here's me a couple years later ruined it's what happens it's what you get used to and maybe i'm an iguana I mean, <laughs> oh. falling from trees or oh. something. I don't know. Hot blooded. And she falls Cold out of bed. Blooded. Yeah, something. I don't know what's going on, but I was fucking freezing. But anyway, but so yeah, back so to I the filter. A, so I bought a, So I bought a fume extractor because I wanted to be able to do it in the winter time when I, without having to leave the garage door open to vent yeah, from. Cold, I can't, right. Yeah. I can't cut a hole in 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 our garage, and. um so I bought one from a company in Texas called Century Air Systems, and it was I like I don't know thirty six, thirty seven hundred dollars, <gasps> which is like the price oh. of one of the Glowforges, depending on what model yeah. you get. Yeah. Well, I bought the basic, so the mm-hmm. the so the fume extractor was more expensive than the laser. <laughs> in the laser, yeah. Um, but I thought, well, if I'm going to be able to use it, then it's okay. Yeah. And it, when the weather was nice, then I wouldn't use it. I had bought uh, these quick connect couplers from. Uh, one of the companies, one of the woodworking companies that sells them so I could switch it between funneling the air, funneling the exhaust into the fume extractor or funneling it to my uh, um, infinity fan. Yeah. And I, I think, and I've posted pictures. It's like the, when I was using the 
external air thing, the the affinity infinity fan, I would actually had like this twelve foot long their black tubing that would go all the way across the front of the garage out into the back because our garage, our garage happens to face the street as opposed to neighbors. Thank God. Yeah. And, and so, but it, it, so the first year I'm doing this, it, and went after when COVID started and I'm home more and I'm doing stuff more with the laser, it's nice. I've got the doors up, the door of the garage up. I met more people in the four or five months I was doing that than in the 35 years we've lived here. <laughs> wow. Because everybody was out right, They were all home because too. It was, yeah. one of the, it was one of the safe things they could do. Right. right. Um, and they would like, you know, they would kind of stand over by the sidewalk. Yeah. And they'd look over and they just would kind of have that puzzled look on their face. They're like, so <laughs> what, what are, are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, I said, it's my laser. And they would come over and I'd show them something, you know, we do the socially distant handoff. And yeah. It, you know, people thought it was really kind of interesting. So. Yeah. But so when I moved the, when I moved things to the, to the laser space next to my shop, uh-huh. um, I I could have gotten a, a vent put in, but it would have mm-hmm. been in a really super awkward place. Yeah, uh, and I didn't really want to piss off my office neighbors. Right. With mm-hmm. when I decide to cut leather. venting, yeah, oof, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna cope with the with the the. The fume extractor, right? Yeah. yeah, and it actually, and I've only had to replace the filters in it once in the two years I've had it wow. because oh. I don't cut a lot of wood. Because yeah, ah, yeah. uh, true, right? And mine has this like, I don't know, six or eight. It's huge. It's got this enormous um, HEPA filter, mm. which is at least four inches, maybe closer to six inches tall. I mean, wow. the thing weighs a ton. Yeah. And then underneath it in the fume extractor is the charcoal filter, which mm-hmm. is what captures and, and deals with all of the, um, the smells the stuff, yeah. and, and I, and you can buy, you buy those separately so mm-hmm. that you don't have to replace them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they, they sized those things for me based on what it was I used the fume extractor for mm-hmm. and it has enough and I could have bought a smaller one but I bought this one because I thought okay you know Glowforge I've owned it now for like at this point three or four months yeah, yeah. maybe someday I might like to have two <laughs> so both fast my forward to... and my, yeah both my Mira and my Odin my new Thunder Odin both of them bent into it because it's got like 750 cubic feet per minute yeah so it can handle both of them running at the same time nice which is nice yeah Yeah. i I like it for that so but yeah you know it's kind of one of those things the other thing people don't tell you when you decide to buy a laser is not just how expensive all the accoutrements are going to be but all of the materials man yeah, yeah i did not which is it's hard in the beginning i remember like i'm like i'm working my butt off but like every time i get an order I, and it's not like you can buy just what you need for that project. You know, you buy, so say I wanted to do like an acrylic sign, most of the time you want to make it worth it. And so you, you, you know, have to pay $20 flat rate shipping, right? Well, you're not going to buy one or two sheets of acrylic because yeah. say you need one or two now you have no buffer if something happens or it doesn't cut through and if you only buy one that's exactly what's going to happen um 
You know, but so then you end up buying a box of acrylic, and here you are, you got this $50 sign, maybe, and you're buying a $100, $200 box of acrylic, and you're like, yep. cool, I made negative <laughs> okay, $150 dollars on this. to make more shit with this <laughs> Exactly. Well, and, yeah. and now you also need glue, or now you need, like, you know, the paint, or whatever. So, yeah, I was definitely unprepared for the <laughs> amount of things that come with <laughs> or necessary well, to actually use if, it, you know? I, well, and I think if we lived, if we all had somebody like, let's say Amanda, who right. like, lived down the street from us. Yeah. And you could just go get, you know, two pieces of acrylic. It <laughs> right. would be different. I do but, all the time, actually. But, but even <laughs> yeah. here, I mean, I'm in the Bay Area, even here, finding a huge range of, of yeah. really nice acrylic is not really there well and i even, have um, yeah one of ahead. the companies special order the the chemcast pearl stuff for me right um and i have to order 15 four by eight sheets at a time right yeah fortunately well, they cut them down for me but that's a shitload of acrylic <laughs> right. right well and that's what I we ran <laughs> into here was um uh, Mindy and I, we, you know, we were just starting out. We both really wanted to try acrylic and there wasn't a ton, you know, there's E Street and those kinds, but there wasn't like, you know, you had to ask for like a custom cut because they didn't have sizes that fit in the Glowforge yet. And we went to this acrylic shop and, you know, we wanted these like Glowforge size cuts and yeah, you either had to buy a whole sheet or you end up spending fifteen twenty dollars on that one sheet because they had to custom cut it for you from a four by eight sheet and now you're leaving them yeah. with some weird scrap or you know whatever and it's like well when you're just starting out like i i don't want a four by eight feet <laughs> strip of <laughs> acrylic like i don't need yeah. that much and so i mean that's exactly why we all went in on it together and split so many i colors. still have screenshots on my phone of my first order with amanda that's so awesome where 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 i circled what it was i wanted yeah <laughs> right i would send and i would send her it's like can i get two of that one and two of that uh -huh. one and can i get three of that one <laughs> right yeah it's so cool where it's all like grown into to where we are at now and well we didn't ask the the question well yet. i was gonna say this is the perfect time yeah to ask um being that we're talking about growing and everything like that yeah what advice would you give someone starting out now or yourself when you started out uh give yourself permission to fail mm. yeah that's a good one. and i don't mean and i don't mean from from the business standpoint yeah. I, i'm talking about in terms of you have to give yourself permission to do that as well, mm -hmm. but but more from the material standpoint. I think one of the issues for a lot of new people is that they feel like a failure when they run something the first time, whether it's on a Glowforge, on a Thunder, yeah. on an Eon, right. on a OM Tech, yeah. on a on a whatever machine. And they think, oh, my God, I must be stupid because I can't get this to work. Or my machine is broken because right. I can't get this to work. Right. And the reality is none of those things are true. It's that you need to dial the settings in and that takes some time. Mm -hmm. But but because they don't feel like they're going into it with this idea of it's okay for me to screw things up, mm -hmm. then they feel like somehow they've become abject failures at this. Right. You know, the number of people who've said, I feel like I'm going to toss my machine when 
if they'd spend a little more time learning it and learning the materials, right. once that happens, yeah, then then they you know they get past that point and they realize, oh, well, okay, now I understand it, and right. now I'm good with it. Now they have but the yeah, tools to tackle you, if, it going forward. Yeah, if you yeah. go into it knowing that it's okay to screw up stuff, you learn from screwing up stuff. Yeah, just try to. That's one of the reasons why I try to tell people to test because if you do it with small shit. Doing it with your one-inch square, your right. one-inch round circle, and your scallop, and you do that 20 times, and all you're wasting is a half right. of sheet of material. Yeah. That's way less expensive than you ran four sheets Oh man, thinking I it was going to get progressively which, better, and, I, and I, I didn't. Right. I did. I totally did that, like, stupid mistake, you know, in the beginning of, I tried to cut a sheet. I try to cut, you know, a project, right? And then the, the settings didn't work. So then I try new settings and I, I load the whole project. Like, no, just test it. You know, I'm wasting, and I've seen other people do it too. And like, when you're in the moment and you're frustrated and you want to get the, you know, the order out, you're not necessarily like thinking clearly. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to make these adjustments. This is exactly what it needs. It's going to cut this time. And then, you know, so someone will come to you and they'll be like, oh, I, I just wasted four sheets of material trying to cut this out and it's not cutting through. And it's like, well, first of all, why the fuck did you run it four times without like, you know, if you ran tests, your tests wouldn't have worked either, typically, <laughs> depending on what yeah. the, the issue is. So, you know, testing will will save you material in the end, you know, nine times out of ten. <laughs> it will most of the time, and it also teaches you what not to do. Mm -hmm. Again, sort of part of the it's okay to fail at something right. like this. So you might cut it and go, wow, that looks like absolute crap. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're thinking, okay, so is this really horrible material? Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just that it's, you know, for acrylic, it's too hot. Yeah. And because it's too hot, it's causing it to melt back in on itself. Right. And when that happens, weird things happen as, you know, you end up with that sort of weird bloom on the mm -hmm. side where it looks like you almost have mirror acrylic, but not. Right. Um, that, that happens when it gets too hot and then it cools again. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of that is just all part of the process of if you learn both the materials that you and, use and, and your laser, yep. you'll be happier in the end. And know that you're going to have to sacrifice some amount of material to this. So if you're right. going to decide to do tumblers, mm -hmm. just know you're going to sacrifice a tumbler. Get some extras. Yep. <laughs> you know, you might yeah. be lucky and get it right the first time, but there's a really good chance you won't. So, right. you know, do a small design on, save. I have one of two or three colors of the ones I get from Save-A-Cup that mm -hmm. have slightly different behavior. And I just have this one and I, run little tests on it to go oh yeah that's right that's why i had to do it on that one right so, i mean <laughs> yeah. one of the other things i happen to really like is that in light burn um for the for my two bigger lasers that um uh having the materials library is a godsend yeah because with the glowforge i can save them but i don't really get the notes that i need so i have notebooks that have notes of all my tests um, and I actually take pictures of those pages so that I don't lose them because I've been known to do that um, so that I can go back to it and go, okay, now why the hell did I set this to this? Oh yeah, that's right. 
because when I set it to you right. know, five points higher, I got this weird ass behavior. So right. I save when I do my tests, I don't just save the successes. I save the failures. Mm, that's smart. Yeah. I don't do that. <laughs> because then I can go back and go, oh, yeah, that's why I didn't. That's why that didn't work. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I keep them on, so, like, for all of my, like, the, the little one-inch things, I put a hole in them so that mm. I can put them on little rings. Right. hang them on, and yeah. I keep And I keep a material on a single ring with the, in some cases, 20 tests I've done. Nice. Sometimes I'm lucky and I get it in five. Sometimes yeah. it's as much as 20. And I typically tend to write them actually on the material yeah. rather mm. than just on my notes. The notes have other things on them but then that way i can look at that and go oh <laughs> that was yeah. the other thing i used to do that was that why was that looked horrible stupid was i'd run a one inch test and then i'd not either like score it or engrave like what settings i was using and then i'd look and i'm like i'd have these four squares and i'm like which one was which I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Uh, my brain loves to make things harder than it really needs to be. Like, you know, I, re- I could well, have I just written fine, it on there or, you know. I use a fine tip pen for wood. Yeah. Um, and I use a fine tip Sharpie for acrylic. Yeah. Because if it's wet, it won't come off. It takes right. alcohol to get it off. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and and once right. I'm done with the test, I just make sure it's never near where my my bottle of denatured alcohol is. <laughs> right. Um, don't 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 use isopropyl because it'll cause it to crack. Yeah. It can cause it to crack. Right. I just use the denatured stuff. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I I think as a newbie, um, for me even it was just knowing that I I knew I I knew I was going to mess up. Yeah. Because, you know, you write that's software, a, yeah. that's kind of the nature of it. Um and so some of my early tests, my actual first pieces that I did aside from my um uh little glowforge, you know, here's the first three cuts you should do. Mm-hmm. My my first actual piece was a living hinge book. Wow. Because that's ultimately, that's part of why I bought the lasers. I wanted to make little books, and these are about mm, three inches tall, Uh and I make them to, there's wool felt in them, and I make them as needle books. Yeah. So you can actually put your your either sewing needles or stitch, or needlepoint needles or whatever in there. Yeah. Um, And I went through, you know, 15, 20 different iterations of the design, the size, the, the, you know, how far apart the spacing was on the hinges, did it need a different kind of spine because of the way I wanted to attach them, right. all of that stuff. So I just kind of jumped in with the, I should try this stuff. And the first couple of them I tried meant, oh, okay, I like the idea, but those turned out like shit. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't keep, but it didn't stop me because then it was like, okay, what did I learn from this? Exactly. Well, I learned yeah. A, I didn't want to do it in that material. Yeah. Or B, that, yeah, that material worked but, but the spacing to, wasn't right. quite right because it mm-hmm. cracked or yeah. did it crack because I didn't go with the green. I went right. against the green, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, just know that you're going to mess stuff up, accept it and learn from it. Yep. Yeah. Well, we won't take up um, much more of your time. I want to thank you for being on the podcast. And, and thank you for last for, minute. Yes. For last <laughs> jumping minute. in for me. And just the pinch hitter. <laughs> and and uh, all right. the support. Yes, thank you so that much. That you've shown us and everything. You're the oh, best. Oh, you're welcome. I love you guys, and I love the podcast. 
Thank you. We're glad. You. We're glad we can bring joy every week. <laughs> right? Yeah. Whatever we bring. Yeah. Oh, whatever. And inform. Hot mess, and occasionally you know. baby noises yes. and, you know, other stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's been another great episode of the Rally Black Project with Crystal and John. Bye. Maybe we're all done. <laughs>